Hello and welcome to the Empowered Women's Project, a podcast and community made by women for women to help you live your best life and reconnect you back to the things that really matter. Today I am talking all things health. You know it's my jam if you've been listening for a while. And I'm going to be sharing with you four things that we have changed, removed from our uh, home or from our lifestyle over the last 20 years with everything that we've learned just for for now uh, that have made a dramatic increase in our health and well-being. And it's something that you can choose to do today from the get-go also. We get asked lots of questions. Why have you done that? Tell me more. Because it's not something that's necessarily spoken a lot about, particularly in mainstream media. So I'm really excited to share this with you today. Let's jump in. All right, guys. Well, I'm really excited to be sharing with you today four things that you can start avoiding or removing from your home to create a healthy home. And you know what? I might even add an extra one in there because I think I could speak forever on this topic. I think sometimes what can happen when it comes to health and well-being, there's such a surplus of information out there that can just become a little bit overwhelming and all-consuming and you actually don't even know where to start. And I completely understand that. So I want to help simplify um, the reasons of why you would want to do this, uh, why you don't want to do this for yourself, for your family, and answer some questions or some thoughts that might pop up as well. So, you know, I've just stepped into my 40s and I look at the last 20 years of my life that I've particularly been in wellness. And I really looked at a lot of the things that I've learned, the life that I live, um, what I do to take care of my body and for my family, and the things that are just non-negotiables in our home um, and things that will never enter our home and never enter our body or things that we know are really, really beneficial as well. So I wanted to share a few things with you today um, that you're definitely not going to find in my house. Um, and it wasn't necessarily always the case. And so I you know, have learned and grown and made changes. And so with what you're going to learn, you might not be ready to make that shift just now. That's totally fine. And I really encourage you as well, don't take what I have to say you know, as gospel. You want to do your own research. I encourage you exactly what I did. I heard information. It kind of got me thinking. And so I was like, I need to look more into this. And the more I dove into it, the more it made sense for myself and my family. So I know I said I was going to do four, but I'm actually going to do five. Anyway, that's just me. <laughs> so the first thing I wanted to share with you, something that I do not have in my home is a microwave. And you're like, a microwave? Really? Like, how do you, how do you survive without that? And I remember growing up and watching, I remember when we got our microwave, the first microwave in our home and mum would like put the potatoes and the peas and whatever, you know, in her Tupperware container, put some glad wrap over the top so it didn't splutter and it would just spin around. And my sister and I would stand in front of it and watch it go round and round. And we would actually see the glad wrap bubbling <laughs> on top of whatever was getting zapped. And we just thought it was really cool. Okay. So that's awesome. And is it, convenient sure is it handy to whack something in the microwave you know for two minutes and it'd be steaming hot of course it is and and I can hear you already kind of going well how do you heat up food like I've got baby I need to warm up their bottle or my kids want to have leftovers like how do I do that well you know we actually got rid of a microwave like 20 years ago for ourselves so we've never actually had one anymore as I started to learn this information and so 
I want you to think about, you know, the power of a microwave. It, it is truly amazing. But what it, the way it works is, you know, it's sending radio waves through our food and it's basically uh, cooking it, which is awesome. However, what happens is, you know, there's, there's links to microwaves and the use of it with um, it becoming, causing our food to become carcinogenic. Carcinogenic means cancer causing. Um, it shows also if we're using things like plastics that haven't been um, tested, if they can even withstand that kind of uh, exposure, that that starts leaching into our food, into the water content of the food that we're having as well. And so that's, what's also really interesting is because so much of our food has a high water content, these waves that are traveling through at high speed through our food, they end up actually destroying a lot of the goodness, a lot of the nutrition that's actually in the food that you're heating up. So for example, there was a study done in 2003 uh, in the issue of the Journal of Science and Food and Agriculture, and they found that broccoli that got zapped in the microwave lost up to 90 seven percent of its beneficial antioxidants compared to steamed broccoli losing 11 percent so even if you were just to look at it from well my food is getting kind of zapped and so's the nutrition then that means that whatever food you're eating has less nutrition in it so it's not as beneficial to your body i mean we talk about eating foods closer to the sun and getting lots of live foods into you but the more you cook something the more you're actually denaturing the beautiful enzymes and all sorts of things in the, in the food, and we're not actually getting the benefit from it as well. So, you know, there's, there's so much that I could dive into on this particular topic, but as I started to learn more, I'm like, okay, my food has less nutrition. There's also links to um, carcinogens in the food from the plastics and also what the food goes through. It just doesn't make sense that I would want to use that and put that in my body and in my children's body as well. So, all right, how do we do it? How do you heat up food and, you know, all that kind of stuff? Well, you know, I think once you start looking for other ways, the next thing it becomes second nature and that's exactly how it is in how in our home. So, you know, raising three kids, they're now 8, 10 and 12. They've never had a microwave, you know, so as far as warming up food for them, um, like so when they were being breastfed and I might have expressed milk or whatever, um, I would boil a jug and I would just sit the bottle of, um, of their milk in a, a glass or a bowl of hot water and then that would gently warm it up. So that wasn't actually killing all of the nutrition that was in the, their milk or if you have formula, for example. Um, another thing that we would do is, you know, without warming up our food, we just heat it in a pot or a pan and add a little bit of water and it takes a couple of extra minutes, I know, but then you're actually having something that ha is alive and you're not running these risks of, you know, putting something in your body that, you know, could potentially have health ch challenges down the track. Um, we also have a Thermomix, so that's another handy way of warming things up. You know, we'll use our oven. We have an air fryer, which is fantastic. So if I want to warm something up, I can put that in the air fryer, and you're not using oil or anything like that. It's just heat with a with a fan at a high high fan, and the next thing you've got this awesome hot food. So 
I think you just got to get a little bit creative or just step out of what you would typically do. But for me, um, knowing that we're getting fresher food and it might take a bit longer to cook, but that it's full of nutrition, that's like a mega tick. And ideally, you want to be having more salads and things like that too. But yeah, if I've made a soup, well, I'm going to pop it on the stove and warm it up. Or, you know, if you work in an office and there is only option of a microwave, then yeah, want to get a little bit more prepared, get a little thermos flask or something, heat up your lunch or whatever you want to have in the morning, pop it in the thermos and then take that to work. Now, does it take extra effort? Of course it does. But is it worth it in the long run? Absolutely. So that's kind of the first thing that you will never find uh, in my home. And I really encourage you, if this is the first time you've heard about microwaves and the effects of it on food and carcinogens and many other things, I genuinely hope that you look more into this and make that decision for yourself. The next thing that you will not find in my home is fake air fresheners, perfumes, and fabric softeners, okay? So, um, you know, these products have so many chemicals in them that affect our system. And so here's what's really interesting. There's over 3,000 fragrance ingredients in everyday household products, yet there's no safety standards with them, okay? So this Think about this is going into um, baby shampoo. This is the the fabric softener that you put on your towels or your bed sheets to make it smelling nice and softer. This is the antibacterial stuff. That's another thing you're not going to find in my house um, with that weird fake smell. This is the um, I don't even know the names of the brands, but the the toilet sprays or whatever that are aerosol that are all yucky fake um, smells. And you can even get ones that go off. I love my, my Nana and Pop. Remember when I used to go to their house and Nana would have it on timer. So I think like every 15 minutes it would do this and we'd jump a million miles because this thing was just constantly into the house of this chemical, gross, disgusting aerosol effect smell. And so what's really interesting um, almost 90% of ingredients that are used in cosmetics and personal care products have not been safety tested for the, the human health effects. So yeah, they might test on animals, which I don't think is cool um, at all. And also they're just not looking at the long-term effects of this on the body and remembering that our skin is our largest organ, right? So it's our largest detoxing organ and it also absorbs things. So if we're sleeping on sheets that have, um, you know, been swimming in a fabric softener to make things soft and smell good that's not that's not necessarily good for our body particularly one exposure that's that's you know minimal but when it's day in day out that's when things start to build up in our system okay so um you know there's links to fabric softeners and a lot of these chemicals that are in our you know artificial um, air fresheners and even perfumes, ladies and men. Um, I don't use perfume. I use essential oil. I always have a comment from someone saying, oh my gosh, like you smell so nice. What is that? And I'm like, it's a, an essential oil blend. Um, because I is actually, it was such a gift for me when I was pregnant with my first son. Um, I remember getting in the car one day and there was this perfume that I would always wear and smelling it and just wanting to vomit. I was like, I can't deal with, my, my body just got extra sensitive. 
And I don't know if you've had an experience like that before too. And I just couldn't deal with it. So I ended up giving all of my perfumes away. And even then sometimes I'd put a top on or something that I hadn't worn for a while or it still had that smell and I'd instantly feel nauseous. And I don't know, even when I go for walks on the beach and I walk by someone and they've got like really heavy cologne or perfume, it's just like, oh, so offensive to, um, you know, my nose because I think it's become so much more uh, in tune with just getting back to, to basics of essential oils. So it's something that, you know, all of these products, they are linked to affecting our health, um, respiratory, reproductive issues, affecting our environment when we're using these products. And then there's the waste from the water that we're washing our clothes in or whatever it might be in, um, in landfill and also the water that gets washed down the drain. That's affecting our environment long term as well. So you really want to look at, well, what are the things that you're putting on your body right now and your children? Just going to add to this too is um, antiperspirants and deodorants. Like your body is actually designed to sweat. Whoa, what a concept. We're meant to sweat. Our skin is doing its job to help push out and purge toxins and helps regulate our temperature. But if your sweat is smelling, there's a couple of reasons for that probably. One, you're probably dehydrated. Two, you're potentially detoxing or you've got toxins that your body's trying to push out. And three, you just need to have a shower. Um, And you can also find some amazing, beautiful smelling deodorants that work that aren't antiperspirants. Now, I know that sometimes you don't want the sweat patch under your arm or anything like that, um, and you're going to work. Well, just wear colors that don't show that because antiperspirant is anti means stop perspiring, which is stopping the body's natural process, which means those things are being pushed into your system and there's aluminum and all sorts of other toxic things in there too. So for us in our family, we use a crystal deodorant. You go to a health food store, there's so many amazing brands that don't have any of these nasty chemicals in them. So I cannot express, please dive into this because, you know, my son, our kids right now don't use deodorants, but I look at, you know, some of the other kids around them and yeah, they've got the can of Lynx or the can of whatever it is and um, Rexona, anti da 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 that stuff day in, day out, one-off use. Sure, that's, that's one thing, but these are products that we're using on a daily basis consistently in our system. This is not a good thing. So what do I do for the wash? I will use um, eucalyptus solution. You can go to the supermarket, you can get that or pop some essential oils in the wash as well. Um, and so, you know, our, our wash is smelling beautiful, but it's coming from that natural plant source instead of, you know, all of these toxic chemicals as well. So definitely encourage you to dive more into that. The next thing that you will not find in my home is artificial sweeteners. And this is a really interesting topic and I'm super surprised at how many people still aren't aware of the effects of these um, and also where they're hidden. So most people, you know, if you're thinking artificial sweeteners, you go, oh, well, they're an energy drink. So they're in diet drinks and I don't have that, so I'm fine. But they're in lots of sugar-free products as well. And and the big push right now is that, you know, sugar is evil and you want to have sugar-free or sugar-reduced, all of these things. So here's the interesting thing. Um, You'll find artificial sweeteners in things like chewing gum, 
hot chocolate powder, um, yogurts, like cough drops and things like that, sugar-free lollies, um, different frozen desserts and jellies, and actually a lot of canned items too. And so some com- some common words that you might um, associate with um, you know, artificial sweeteners, and I can cannot pronounce these properly, by the way, so just you can have a little laugh at me. You've got aspartame, you've got sucralose, um, you've got saccharin, you've got NutraSweet, Equal, Splendor, and some other really, really big words I'm not even going to try and pronounce. But often what they do is really sneaky. They don't put that word on the ingredients. They put a number. They put a number. Because so if you're not looking for it, it's, it's so easy to miss. So some numbers you want to keep an eye out for um, is 950, 951, 952, 954, 56 and 55. And those are all dodgy, like get away from them. So here's what happens. Um, artificial sweeteners, they're so highly refined that although there's zero calories and that's what everyone's chasing, they actually cross the blood brain barrier. And there's links to them with so many different health conditions, um, migraines, gut health, nausea, skin issues, weight issues. Um, Scientists also kind of see that there's a relationship between cancer, certain cancers, chronic fatigue, Parkinson's, fibromyalgia, um, you know, Alzheimer's, multiple sclerosis. There's like so many different things. And so it's really interesting because I think the media has done a really great job of telling us sugar is bad and you can still eat the sweet things (laughs) and you don't have to have the calories. So, you know... I'd get looking for it. I even found some um, on, oh, that's where I saw some the other day, on the back of like, it was like a mineral water with a hint of lime or something like that. And I had a look at the back. I'm like, well, that sounds interesting because I I often will read labels and it had 9.50 on it. And I was like, oh, you guys are so cheeky. Like it's people would look at that and go, oh, that's a really good option. I've even seen it in some kombuchas that aren't um, coming from a great source. So you just want to keep an eye out for it. Coke Zero, Diet Coke, any of those Diet Diet Zero, it is all crap, people. Please just don't do it to yourself, Um, you know, or it's the fake sugar that you put in your coffee as well. So, you know, the the goal comes back to having more foods closer to the sun. And in moderation. So, you know, in our our cooking or, you know, in our everyday life, we'll use dates and honey and maple and fruit to be able to sweeten things. And then you can freak out and go, oh, what about the calories and what about the sugar? Look, it comes back to moderation. It comes back to having things that aren't highly processed and refined. So, you know, if you really like having fizzy drinks, for example, or soda, depending on where you're listening from around the world. Kombucha is a really, really great alternative. Or you can do some um, soda water or mineral water and add some fruit, like you can make a fruit tea concentrate up, or you can add some fresh juice or a slice of lime, just things like that. You know, if you want to sweeten your cooking, you can use bananas and dates instead of processed sugars. Um, you know, and maybe if you're craving sugar all the time, it might be time for a detox. (laughs) Maybe that's what you actually need to kind of look into. And so, you know, in our movie, uh, if you don't know, my husband and I produced a health documentary called Overfed and Undernourished. And it's something that, you know, I believe as a society, we truly are. We're overfed when it comes to calories, uh, information. We are, our bellies are full, but our bodies are not nourished. 
and we're undernourished when it comes to that nutrition, our bodies aren't thriving, our relationships are breaking down, we are not having quality conversations with people. And so if you want to uh, actually check the movie out, you can go to iTunes and search Overfed and Undernourished, or you can go to my personal website, kategolay.com, and you can check it out more there as well. It's definitely one to sit down with a family and watch and, and really start to make some distinctions of what you want to do and, and shift together. Um, so I find that families that make changes together where everyone's on the same page, it's so much more powerful um, versus if mum is just doing it, for example. So that's number three. So right now we've done, we don't have microwaves in the house. We're not doing all the artificial air fresheners and perfumes and fabric softeners and makeups and stuff like that. Um, the next one was artificial sweeteners. So really looking at how you are using those. And if you even are, like you might not even be aware of it. So definitely want you to be getting into the pantry and checking your labels. The next thing that we do not have in our home is fluoride. Now, I know that we're taught that if we have fluoride in our um, water supply and in our toothpaste and things like that, that it is going to make our teeth stronger. Um, you know, dentists do a great job of educating it around that. It is in our toothpaste. There's a lot of countries that do have it in drinking water as well. Um, here's what's really interesting. And I remember growing up, I was given these pink little tablets to take because we grew up on a farm and our water wasn't connected to the main water supply. And so because my parents were taught, well, you need to have fluoride for healthy teeth, um, we were given them we were given these fluoride tablets to take because we were on tank water, which is just nuts. Now, mum and dad know better and it's like, oh my goodness, like we would never do that. So here's what's really interesting that you may not be aware of. So fluoride is actually acknowledged as one of the most toxic substances known to man. Well, how on earth does it get in our products? And so, you know, there's products like bottled water, infant formulas, vitamin supplements contain fluoride as well. And the research and studies now show that it actually can reduce bone strength, uh, increasing the risk of fractures. It can affect our, the function of our thyroid gland. Um, and I can't tell you how many people I speak to have issues with their thyroid right now. Like it's so, so common. And just because something is common, it doesn't mean it's normal. Okay. Um, so causing iodine deficiency, um, there's so many other reasons and, and health can challenges, but what's really interesting as well about fluoride is there's actually no controlled dose. So for example, you know, it doesn't matter the, someone's age or size or weight or health condition. If you're in an area where there is fluoride in your water supply, if you're drinking five liters of water a day or one, you're obviously going to have more of a dosage of it. So there's no controlled dosage. There's no testing to know, well, is that safe? Is that not safe? And, and people's sensitivities to it. So here's what's also really interesting. There's never been a single randomized controlled trial to demonstrate its effectiveness for safety. And so there's countries all around the world, like we live in Australia uh, and it's got the big tick of approval over here. There's definitely some um, council areas where they do not have it and it's been removed. But for example, in certain countries like Germany, the Netherlands, Switzerland, they've canceled water fluoridation, like it's gone. And so only 11 countries in the world have more than 50% of their population drinking fluoride water. 
In Australia, 80%. We get like one of the, we're a high up there. Brunei, 95. Chile, 70. Guana, 62. Hong Kong, 100%. Um, the Irish Republic, 73. Israel, 70. And I can share the rest of them with you too. There's more people in the USA drinking fluoridated, fluoridated water than the rest of the world combined, which is nuts. And here's what's interesting. Does not make a difference in their dental health. So there's so much to this topic and I'm not going to dive too much into it. I want to just plant a seed. So what can you do to start reducing your exposure? First thing, change your toothpaste. Okay. There's plenty of fluoride free toothpaste out there and you can go to the um, health food store is your best bet. There's one particular brand I love. It's um, Jason Power Smile. I love like extra minty toothpaste. So it's my favorite. Um, and But there's plenty out there with different flavors and whatever. Um, and you also want to check and see if your the labels of your canned and bottled food or if your little one's on formula. Please have a look and see if there's any fluoride included in there. Um, the other thing is get a water filter because a water filter is then, you know, going to stop that from your drinking water actually so that that's, you get to choose if you're taking fluoride or not. Um, and so, you know, we have fluoride, fluoride free water and chlorine and it takes a lot, our water filter takes lots of things out. I can pop a link into the water filter that we use, but it's so important to be looking at this, um, because it's something that again, in a small dose, no biggie, but you drink fluoridated water. I can't even say it today. Um, you do drink water with fluoride in it uh, for day in, day out for 30, 40 years as a compound effect. And, you know, for a lot of people, we don't know the true health uh, causes um, for a lot of the health challenges that people are suffering from. But what we do know is when something's been happening day in, day out, it has a compound effect on the system. So, so important to be aware of this. Um, my fifth little bonus one that I want to share with you, and I have done a previous episode on this called Wired for Health, um, and that is Wi-Fi. Now, I know, I know we live in a world of amazing technology. It's awesome. Like, couldn't be speaking to you right now if we didn't have it. However, Wi-Fi, if you pick up your phone right now and you just take a look at how many signals, if you check on your Wi-Fi settings, how many potential signals are coming through to your phone from your neighbors, from, from your workplace, from your um, work colleagues, all of that is traveling through your body as well. And there is no long-term um, proof or studies showing what this can potentially do to us. And what's really interesting, we had a building biologist come out to our home and go through our each every like nook and cranny of our home to look and see if we were being exposed to not just Wi-Fi, but EMF, um, dirty electricity, so that we could really make sure that our home was a haven, that our body was not being exposed to things that we weren't aware of. And so um, what you, what you want to do is here's some things you could do tonight, today, to actually reduce your exposure to Wi-Fi. First of all, when you go to bed at night, turn the modem off because if that's pulsing through the night, that's pulsing through your body, through your children's body. And I remember thinking one day I was staring at where the modem was in our home and that for it to do its job to get to our TV, it had to send information of an amazing high definition movie through the air, through my kid's bedroom, through my office, down through the kitchen and into where our TV was. 
And I'm like, that's amazing, first of all, incredible technology. But that's going through not just the house, but our bodies. And what on earth can be going on to our cells as well? And so what's really interesting when we had the building biologists come out and do the testing in our home, our phones were showing and resonating at the highest level frequencies of anything that we had in our home. So one of the things that I do is if I'm out walking as well, and maybe I want to listen to music or a podcast or audible or something like that, I will download it ahead of time whilst it's not on my body and I'm not holding it. Then I'll turn my phone onto airplane mode. So then it's not sending and receiving, and then I'll go for my walk so that I'm not a walking antenna. Okay. So that's something you can do straight up. Secondly, so to turn your modem off at night, if, you're, if your phone is on you and you're listening to stuff, you're working out, whatever, that's cool. I get that. But just turn it on to airplane mode. The next thing that you want to do is um, well, we physically got our house wired. So we don't have Wi-Fi in our house anymore. Um, we got testing to see if our neighbors were, if much of their Wi-Fi was coming much into our direction, which it wasn't, which was great. And the other thing that we don't do is we don't do Bluetooth. So Bluetooth headphones, Bluetooth music, like I, again, I get it is amazing. Now I see so many people walking around with the little ear pods or Bluetooth headphones and they're exercising and yeah, it's great because you don't, not getting tangled up in cords, but here's what's interesting. And I don't think many people um, have any, have, have put much thought into this. When you do that, your brain is like an antenna. You've got these two receivers either side of your ears or plugged into your ears and then there's information streaming up to that and some of you know my story we lost um, I lost my sister-in-law to a brain tumor and she is <laughs> she's one of the most beautiful women she walked around with a her wireless um, headset attached to her head anytime we go to her house it was on her on her head um, and the tumor ended up developing on the same side that that actually was in. And so, you know, I've seen personal proof um, and, and worked with some other clients that have had brain tumors and they've recognized the connection with certain things that they were doing in their workplace or in their home consistently. Obviously, a once-off is one thing, but when we're doing this regularly, so when I see people um, with pods in their ears or giving them to their children, I, I just want to tell them, please don't do that. Like you have no idea what that is doing to a growing body and they're becoming this little antenna. So what do we do for our kids? Well, um, the other thing that we, when the building biologist was in our home, she was testing the, um, the kids have a PlayStation. I'm not a fan of it. Don't love it. They use it on occasion. It's certainly not much uh, of a big part of their life, but I wanted to know it was safe. And what was really interesting is the console, so like the wireless console, hands-free that they can hold on to, um, when that's on Bluetooth, that registers at an incredibly high level as well. So if they're on it, we make sure that they're wired, that they're connected via USB to the actual um, game. So the console, what am I trying to say? To the PlayStation, so that it's not using Bluetooth technology. So you might be like, oh my gosh, but you know, it's so handy. I get it, but just do some research. There's no studies shown on the safety of these pods and things. 
And just as we live more and more in a tech world, um, we want to be doing what we can to reduce and minimize our exposure. So turn your modem off at night, first thing. If you can, disabled, disable Wi-Fi in your home, get it wired. Or if you don't get it wired, go to Bunnings or you know a local computer shop and buy a really long um, network, a blue Ethernet cable, and just connect that way. It might be a bit ugly, um, but it means that that's not streaming through your home, through your you know, through the bedrooms of your children um, and your body. So I think there's there's a lot to be said around this topic. And, um, you know, I could talk forever. And I know I'm going to be doing some interviews in future episodes with some building biologists so we can really dive into this topic because it just blew my mind as I started to learn, like your home is your third skin. It's your sanctuary. And if there's things that are in your home that are causing harm without you being aware, and um, you know, if you're hearing some of this for the first time, don't beat yourself up. Um, it's just about being aware and doing your own research, like I said, and then making some change, and and you know, making gradual change. But for us, I'm so glad that you know, anytime I've heard something and I'm like, ooh, I want to learn more about that, I, I just dive in, I research internet's amazing um and and just find more out until i figure out what resonates with me what makes sense and then we make the change so yeah this topic again i could talk about it forever there's plenty of things that we also add into our life to improve our health and well-being and i'll be sure to touch on that on another episode but i just wanted to share with you the five things that we don't have in our home and the reasons why um, and what you can start doing today as well So I hope you've enjoyed today's episode. I hope that it's been thought provoking and I really hope that you go into your pantries, your, you know, your kitchen cupboards, the laundry and start looking at the products you're using that you're putting on your body, in your body, that your family's eating, your home environment, what you're being exposed to on a daily basis and look to see what you can start to shift don't beat yourself up on the past, but just start to look at what else you could do to improve the space of your home, to increase that well-being, um, so that it is that third skin, a place of recuperation and where your body gets to recharge and you know and heal while you're resting and sleeping, not be exposed to more things that can be causing that extra load on your body. So hope that's been helpful. If you do want to learn more, you can head across to my website at kategolle.com. That's K-A-T-E-G-O-L-L-E.com. And I'll pop some links to some other episodes of other uh, podcasts that I've done that will dive more into these topics too into the show notes. Until next time, have a beautiful day and I look forward to speaking with you on a future episode. Take care.